it's up to you and me to shine a guiding light and lead the way. United by our cause, we have the power to pursue what we believe. We'll achieve the realization of our dreams. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of New Horizons. I'm Vaughan Benison. This week we're joined by John Simpson. Hi Vaughan, good to be back with you and in fact we're going to reverse our roles this week because I'm going to interview you Vaughan. It's not the first time this has happened but I do uh, face this sort of thing with a little bit of trepidation. (laughs) Well I'll treat you (laughs) with kid gloves Vaughan. Today I want to talk about employment practices in the public sector and in particular about a piece of successful community advocacy that you're involved with. Let's go back, Vaughan, because many of our listeners know your voice from New Horizons and other BCA products, but of course you have other roles, in particular advocacy role in Tasmania. I was interviewed on New Horizons a few years ago. I think I was either working with uh, Visibility Tasmania or uh, for the Australian Communications Consumer Action Network. Since then, I've moved on to become the Executive Officer of Disability Voices Tasmania. And Disability Voices Tasmania is a disabled people's organisation and uh, it works to affect systemic, uh, strategic and community change Uh, across Tasmania, Uh, and it works collaboratively with other organisations on advocacy projects, as well as doing some capacity building projects, which are funded by the uh, ILC, or Information Linkage and Capacity Building Grants. Do you want to tell us particularly about your involvement with the Tasmanian Electoral Commission? Let's take a little bit of a step back uh, in time to uh, last September, October. Uh, You might recall that on New Horizons we spoke with uh, Sally Orish, as she then was, now Sally Carr-Andrews, and Duncan Meerding about the uh, local government elections in Tasmania, which Mm. had been made compulsory for the first time, which rendered blind and vision-impaired people uh, disenfranchised by the fact that they had to complete a postal vote, which of course is completely inaccessible. There weren't any accessibility options available at that time, and uh, through some advocacy work uh, done by a number of people, the Tasmanian Electoral Commission set up very quickly, uh, and uh, very well done to them, uh, a program of assisted voting whereby blind and vision impaired people could register to come and vote uh, with the assistance of Electoral Commission staff. So it's not independent and it's not verifiable, but it is uh, assisted voting and it is voting that you can do without having to pass on the information to your friends and family uh, or your support worker. So following on from that, there was some advocacy done and some complaints laid uh, at uh, Equal Opportunity Tasmania and at the Australian Human Rights Commission about the approach to... uh, voting that was being taken and how it was exclusive of people who are blind or vision impaired or who had other print disabilities. And there was a willingness by the Tasmanian Electoral Commission to establish a working group which would look at, firstly, where we were in terms of voting for people who are blind or vision impaired under the Local Government Act, but also as part of the state electoral system. And also to make recommendations about changes that would uh, be useful Uh, or essential to making voting accessible in Tasmania, both for the Local Government Act and also under state election, which is where the um, Tasmanian Electoral Commission has jurisdiction. 
Sure. So that has been taking place, Blind Citizens Australia uh, nationally, and also the Tasmanian branch has been a part of that. As well, we've worked with um, advocacy bodies for people with intellectual disability, people with literacy difficulties, and of course, COTA, uh, Council on the Ageing Tasmania. Mm. And um, of course, the as you say, the Tasmania Electoral Commission entered into that practice willingly, and then... Um, uh, undertook a further step, I understand, with the potential to employ someone to particularly look at inclusion issues. Yeah, that was the idea, and it was very welcome to uh, to receive an email uh, outlining the uh, the goal of appointing a manager for accessibility and inclusion. Um, and it looks like a really good role uh, for somebody, and it's about getting out into the community, understanding what the barriers are to... Uh, people with a print disability particularly, but disabled people more generally, participating in the electoral program. So that includes enrolling to vote as well as the actual process of voting and having say in changes that um, would be centred around the electoral process. But uh, no doubt with the best of will in the world, uh, there was a bit of a glitch in that process. Look, I think this is fair to say that this is not necessarily the fault of the Electoral Commission. I think that, um, and, and this is where your, your previous comment about the state public service comes into, into being, there seems to be some habits that um, public services, not all public service organisations, but a lot of them seem to have. Um, I was quite horrified to see that one of the requirements, although listed as desirable, was that uh, one should have a driver's licence. Oh dear. Yes. Now, as you can imagine, that annoyed me as a blind person because I don't have a driver's license and it's not by choice because, let me tell you, if I could, I would absolutely have a driver's license. Um, but what it means, of course, in reality, and people don't think about this, but it means that if a person with a driver's license and a person without a driver's license reached equal ranking in the recruitment and shortlisting process, then the person with the driver's license would automatically win by virtue of the fact that they meet one of the requirements that the second person does not. And that means essentially that unless there is a standout candidate who is disabled, uh, it is very unlikely a disabled person would get that role. But it would also act as a disincentive for people to apply, wouldn't it? I think it probably does, unless they're, uh, you know, sort of um, stubborn people like me who, who really want to test these things out and, and push the boundaries. I, I know that there's a lot of people out there who are very reluctant to apply for jobs when they say, when they see that uh, a driver's licence is required simply because they figure, oh, they're discriminating against me right from the start, so I'm not going to get anywhere. I spoke to you about this off-air about a week or so ago and uh, that hadn't been resolved at that stage. What's happened since? Well, I, uh, I wrote back and um, announced the fact that <coughs> on behalf of my organisation I would refuse to circulate the job ad and outlined my reasons. Uh, there were a couple of other points too um, about the role which concerned me. One of them was that it was very clearly aimed at getting... Uh, getting with the disability community and understanding the barriers to participating in the electoral process, uh, as the NDIS would put it, community and civic participation. Um, and given the fact that it was uh, aimed very clearly at that, and there are some other ag avenues as well, there's people um, who speak languages other than, other than English and things mm. like that, but I felt that the key constituent there was the disability community. It wasn't an identified role under the Anti-Discrimination Act. So the Anti-Discrimination Act allows for um, 
roles to be identified under four categories and I can never remember what they all are but one of them is um, disability one of them is Aboriginal Torres Strait Island or First Nations people one of them is women and the fourth one is the one that I can never remember it might be older age people I'm not mm. I can't quite remember I'm, I'm sure someone will uh, will inform us um, but what it means is that if a role is very specifically aimed at including that particular group of people, then the CEO of the agency can have the role identified so that it is undertaken by a person who is of that community, who can then speak and deal with that community authentically, um, as well as um, provide a lived experience perspective of that community directly to the organisation in question. There are other ways of, of managing that through human rights legislation, and I've forgotten the name of it, but it, it ostensibly allows that if you have a specific target, uh, even if the role is not specifically aimed at a particular community, you can uh, seek leave from the Commission to have uh, a role specifically aimed at a particular group so you can increase the number of people who are in, are in your organisation from that group. That's an avenue, Vaughan, that you would have expected the uh, Tasmania Electoral Commission to have taken up? Well, I would have thought so. I mean, it's kind of like the the the, uh, the allegory that I use is that if I were to open a women's shelter uh, and advertise for a CEO of that women's shelter and um, I had 30 men apply and one woman uh, giving it to one of the men, you know... It, it's not reasonable to expect that a role like that would be conducted by a man because it is very fairly and squarely aimed at women who are experiencing all sorts of issues that would require them to, to go to a women's shelter. So in the interests of safety, authenticity and just common decency, you would staff that role typically by a woman. At least that would be my expectation. Um, and the same should go for a role that is specifically targeted at the disability community. It's it's about time that we took the, the bull by the horns and said, enough is enough. We're not going to put up with non-disabled people speaking on our behalf. Uh, this, you know, These roles very clearly are aimed at inclusion of disabled people and they should be staffed by disabled people. Um, and I've worked with uh, Blind Citizens Australia's Tasmania branch and uh, also... Uh, through and with individuals and also some of the other advocacy organisations. And apparently it's quite common through the Tasmanian State Public Service to request a driver's licence as a requirement, whether it's a mandatory requirement or a desirable requirement. Um, the other issue was that the closing date for the role was very, very quick. It was uh, just on a week after we first uh, saw the job ad and mm. the recruitment portal is not accessible. So, oh. yeah, so all of these things sort of... Um, came together in a big storm and a few of us got together and advocated uh, and said, we're not going to put up with this. Um, you, you know, you, you can really do better. So what they've done is they've, they've extended the closing date for the role to the end of July. They've removed the driver's licence requirement. They haven't identified the role and I suspect that's probably more to do with the fact that um, a, they weren't aware that they could, and B, uh, they've already had people apply for it. So yes. it would be pretty rude to do that midstream. Um, but I think that they, to be frank, I think they could reasonably expect uh, community members to jump up and down a little bit if a non-disabled person gets that role. Um, they've been put on notice of that ostensibly. Um, so I think one of the things that we need to do here in Tasmania, and I would encourage you in other areas of Australia, if this is a problem in your public service uh, areas, 
I would very strongly encourage you to advocate that these requirements be dropped and that, um, you know, roles where uh, that are specifically aimed at the disability community be identified for disabled people. And it's worth pointing out that um, the Australian Public Service Strategy uh, is targeting an employment of people with disability at 7% by, I think it's around 2027 or 2028. And currently, last I heard, it was at about 4.6%. So they've got about four years to, to really make a difference here. And it's been dropping steadily since about 1980 or 1985 when we had about uh, 8% or 6% or somewhere like that. So clearly it's, it's on the decline and it really does need to improve because uh, roughly 20% of Australia's population are people with disability. So it's reasonable to expect that our public service should be representative and that 20% of public servants should be disabled. So Vaughan, uh, this is a, of course a case study that relates particularly to Tasmania, but uh, for our listeners it's one that certainly includes some messages that have broader application and particularly that uh, barrier that is so often there about the driver's licence and of course uh, inaccessibility of uh, uh, recruitment procedures is also a major issue. So thank you for taking the time in this week's program to uh, bring that to our attention. Wish you all the best with uh, the remainder of the advocacy project because, of course, until you get a fairer system across the public service, then you haven't really achieved. Uh, and uh, at that point, I'll say thanks for your time and I'll hand you back your program. <laughs> Thanks, John. And I'd point out that, uh, you know, as I said before, I would strongly encourage you to advocate in this area if uh, that's something of interest to you. And it's worth remembering if you do work for the public service in your state or indeed the Commonwealth Public Service, that having these requirements is actually opening yourself right up to claims of discrimination. And, mm. you know, we really don't want to have to go down that road. But I'll tell you what, it's getting to the point where people are starting to do it. So it's worth taking notice. But thanks, John, for, uh, for offering us the opportunity to talk about this. It is an extremely important uh, issue and uh, I would encourage everyone to, to do more advocacy. In the meantime, though, if you'd like to contact Blind Citizens Australia, you can call 1-800-033-660, 1-800-033-660, or you can email bca at bca.org.au, bca at bca.org.au, and we'll be back again next week. We'll achieve the realisation of a dream Of a dream